0: Repodcasting is part of the Alberta Podcast Network. Locally grown, community supported. Have you ever watched a movie and wondered why they cast that woman or that guy? Well, here's our chance to give it a try for Repodcasting. Hello and welcome to another episode of Repodcasting. I'm Lucia. And I'm Janet. How's it going, Janet? Good. Yeah. How are you? Good, good. Excited to talk about The Flintstones. Are you? I am, yeah. Interesting. (laughs) Had you ever seen this movie before?
1: Full disclosure, okay, in repodcasting history, this is the first movie that I could not get through. Ooh, interesting. Interesting. I watched a half hour of this movie and I had to shut it off. <laughs> because oh no. it was just so incredibly awful that I like I just could I couldn't I couldn't do it. I'm like even I can't even speak properly. <laughs> I was completely like not into it.
0: So sorry. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I still did
1: the recasting, we only recast one character, but yeah, I only watched half an hour, Okay. So I, yeah, sorry, I only know
0: what happened during the first half hour, that was it. Well, there might be spoilers ahead, I hope you don't mind. <laughs> oh, I couldn't care less. <laughs> okay, okay, so I do have a question then, did you watch the Flintstones cartoon? Yeah, I loved it as a child. Okay, I thought so, okay. Okay. I also loved the cartoon as a child. I still love it. And I would have been like maybe 14 or 15 when I saw this movie. I didn't see it in cinemas, but I like, I don't know when it was on TV or home video or something like that. And I remember thinking it was like, I remember dreading it because I loved the cartoon so much and thinking that there's no way they could do it justice or anything. And then I watched and I was like, oh, okay, that wasn't so bad. And then watching it again now – for the first time since whatever, 95, more or less. I still thought it was okay. Like, it's for kids. It's silly and it's supposed to be silly. I think it's uneven too. I think it has a lot of problems um, is it, in is tone. It for kids, really? Exactly. Like, that's I, why, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we can talk about that. More, <laughs> we will. Definitely. We'll definitely get into that. Okay, so then were you able to find box office stats? Yeah. So the budget was $46 million
1: and the box office was $341 <gasps> million. So obviously, I mean, it was a commercial success, but not a critical right. success. Right. Like, it was a critical fail, because, you know, reading reviews for it, it was slammed so hard by critics, and... But I don't know, like, I can see in a sense, why it made so much money, because it's one of those movies that, I don't know, like, it's that kind of movie that mainstream audiences like.
0: Yeah, and it's made 30 years after... Yeah, it was made 30 years after the original property. So you have, and like, the original cartoons played throughout my childhood, your childhood, throughout decades. So everybody at any age pretty much knew it. And, you know, parents maybe want to take their young kids to it to be like, ooh, it's the Flintstones. We love the Flintstones. So, yeah, to me, it totally makes sense that it made that much money, even if it's good or not good. Sure. Like, I mean, people have – it's like you're saying, a lot of people watched it as children.
1: So there's that nostalgia factor. There's that affinity for it. But also, one thing I do remember about this movie and then – In doing my research, like, it came up as well.
0: There was a lot of marketing for this movie. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Like, the the marketing was huge. And, like, they partnered up with McDonald's. I still have the Happy Meal toys at my parents' house. Oh, okay, yeah. Like, I remember the
1: partnership with McDonald's was huge. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure that big push with the marketing certainly didn't
0: hurt them, right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um and it's, you know, I really appreciate how ambitious the movie is. They really went all out on like, you know, set design and right, right. the the Flintstones car and like I don't know, just everything they did. And one thing that I read was the cast was all barefoot because that's how they were on the show and so there was no glass allowed on set. Yeah. But so yeah, there like there are a lot of things that they did that I felt were really really like made it a faithful adaptation in a lot of ways. Right. And then on the opposite end of the spectrum, there are these moments where it's just like, wait, are you sure this is the Flintstones? Like oh. th- there are moments that are so like sexualized. The Flintstones weren't like that. It was it was weird. It was very uneven in tone for sure. I'll I'll say that. Okay, so the synopsis that I wrote is Fred Flintstone unwittingly gets promoted to an executive position to be a patsy in a swindle of Slate and Company, and it affects his friendship with the Rebels. <laughs> so, okay, you got 30 minutes in. Was Fred already promoted at that point? I think so, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think so. I don't know. Oh, dear. I'm sorry. We have to relive it now. <laughs> yeah, it was really... I thought this
1: was really awful. Oh, And shit. I think based on, like, the Rotten Tomatoes score, a lot of
0: people agree with me. Or there was something else. It's Rotten Tomatoes and what's the other one? Metacritic. IMDb. Yeah. yeah. They're both really bad. I mean, oh, yeah. I I know you usually do them at the end of this, but, yeah. <laughs> okay, so... That's like a preview for when I say the ratings Why? at the end. <laughs> I do not remember that, so I'm not okay. giving anything away, really. Yeah, it's fine. It's a joke. Um, okay, well, let's take a break, and then we'll get into the recasting. Interested in making a positive impact on your community? ATB Goodness Grows offers a way for Albertans to help and uplift their community at any time. Through Goodness Grows, Albertans can pay it forward by sharing their acts of goodness and create a chain reaction to inspire others to do the same. Use the hashtag ATBGoodnessGrows to follow along, get inspired, and join in. And now back to the show. And we're back. And so for the recasting today, we decided just to recast one character. This was another one of those movies, like I mentioned last month for Breakfast at Tiffany's. It's another one of those movies that ends up on a lot of lists where you say like, Who's the worst casting choices? And Rosie O'Donnell ends up on all those lists. Like, even today when I was searching for articles and things like that, there was a lot of, I'm not going to say hate, but kind of. Like, there was a lot of, like, shit thrown at her for sure. Well, she won the Razzie. I know. (laughs) Yeah, she did. She actually won a lot of Razzie's that year. Wow. Wow. I'll, like when we talk about trivia, I'll go through them. But, yeah, there was quite a few. <laughs> okay. Um, I don't know. That makes me feel bad because I'll say this. I remember at the time and even when looking at um, reviews now, a lot of it just seems to be, oh, she's not the right body type for Betty Rubble. She's too overweight, I don't know. It just, it really, really bothered me that people were angry about her being cast in that role because her waist isn't 20 inches. Oh, okay. I didn't see that, but um, that's not why I didn't like her. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so tell me why you, what you didn't like about Rosie O'Donnell as Betty oh, I Rubble. I just don't think she was right for the role. I mean, it
1: has nothing to do with her body type or whatever. I just think she's completely wrong for it.
0: Okay. Well, how about you go first, then? Who would you replace her with? No, I think you should go first. You picked this movie. Well, I didn't... All right. (laughs) i didn't really like i picked this movie just because i had seen it on lists and stuff it's not even that i wanted to recast her don't get me wrong i think we can improve the casting i'm not saying she's the perfect betty rubble but i was totally fine with her i thought she was okay the reason that she had won the role in the first place was the director's wife allison levant had seen her perform and went to her husband now i forget his name Is it Barry? Something Levant, the director. And and she told him, oh, I found your Betty Rubble. So she did an audition. And I guess even for the audition, like they called her, Rosie O'Donnell did not think she would get it. So she said that she just tried to like play it for laughs. And then when she did the Betty Rubble giggle, and that sounded exactly like Betty Rubble, I guess that was kind of what won them over. They had also been considering Janine Turner at that time. She's from the TV show Northern Exposure, because I guess she looks more like Betty. But Rosie ended up winning. So then
1: you didn't hate her in the role?
0: No. But did you like her? Um, I liked her. I didn't love her. I liked her. Okay. I don't know. I, I liked them all to a certain extent in the role. I loved John Goodman in the role. I honestly think he was a great Fred Flintstone. And then Wilma I was fine with and then Barney I was actually gonna ask to recast him too, but I was fine with him as well. Okay. All right. So who did you pick to replace Rosie O'Donnell? Okay, so I have two choices, and my number one choice is Paget Brewster. Now she was twenty five at the time and she had not done much yet. So it really would have been one of those like unknown picks. So In reality, she probably wouldn't have ever been able to get it. Um, I I was just about to say, for anybody who doesn't know who she is, um, she was uh, Joey and then Chandler's girlfriend, Kathy, on Friends. And that was in 1997. And this movie's from 94. Um, She's been steadily working ever since 97. She was in Community, Thrilling Adventure Hour, Another Period, um, she's done lots of animation. Oh, she was in Criminal Minds for 194 yeah, episodes. She does what she's best known for. I think she did Criminal Minds for years. Yeah, I've never seen it. That's why, to me, that's not what she's best known for. But yeah, absolutely, that would be the, the main credit on her filmography. And she had done... One TV show in 93, 94 called Strange America. So she technically was working at the time, but yes, nobody would have known her. And with a movie of this level, there's no way she would have gotten it, but she would have been great. (laughs) Why, sorry, why did you pick her? Why do you think she would have been good for this role? So as I said, I've never seen Criminal Minds and all of the other things I mentioned are mostly comedies. So... I know her as a hilarious actor, improviser. I think she has a really, like, to me, Betty Rubble is the fun, bubbly neighbor who, let's face it, like, she doesn't have a lot of, like, uh, what's the word? I don't want to say depth, but it's kind of like, like, she's a very lighthearted character. Mm-hmm. But aren't they all? I mean, it's a cartoon. Right? <laughs> Based on a cartoon. Of course, but I wouldn't call Fred a lighthearted character at all. Okay. So you would say he's dark and complex? I would say he I wouldn't call him complex, but he's not lighthearted. Like he gets angry so easily. He's okay. he's not fun and light, um, whereas to me Betty is. Okay. And I've seen Paget Brewster be really funny a lot, too. So I I don't know. I think she would have been amazing.
1: See, I didn't like her on Friends.
0: Okay. Like, I never understood why people thought, well,
1: I also just don't like Friends, period. I'm not a fan of that show. But I never understood why people liked her on that show. I don't know. I have... That's the only comedy that I've seen her do. So I think I would have to see the other comedy work that she's done.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't know that people do like her on Friends. I mean, she she was the cause of a lot of problems. so. Oh, okay. I don't know. Yeah. Usually like, <laughs> people that I talk to, they say they like her. So. Oh, interesting. Okay. That's <laughs> nice to hear. <laughs> I certainly did not like Kathy. I thought she was, um, whatever. Anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I like Padgett Brewster. Oh, so my second choice is Sandra Bullock. Um, Yeah, she's uh, just a year younger than Rosie O'Donnell. So age wise, I think she fits the role fine, because I think Rosie was well cast in terms of age as well. And she was working a lot at that point. She had actually been in five movies in 1993. The only one that I knew is Demolition Man. And then in 1994 was Speed. So that was kind of like her big break. Yeah. And then the Flintstones was also 1994. So I, I think it could have worked with her in there. And she's also somebody who I think can be really funny. And she's got that kind of lighthearted personality or she can show that. So yeah, I, I think she would have been super fun as Betty Rubble. Yeah, Sandra Bullock is great, a great actress, period. Mm-hmm. But I think that I usually enjoy her best when I see her in comedic roles. Yeah, me too. Actually, in Demolition Man, she was like, to me, the the shining light of the movie. <laughs> I've never seen that. It's, it's silly. Like, I wouldn't recommend it or anything, but she's really fun in it. All right. Okay. And so, Janet, who did you pick? So, I also
1: had two choices. My first choice, I don't know that she would have been cast as Betty Roble because... In 1994, she would have still been an unknown. Mm -hmm. However, I could totally see her as
0: Betty Rubble. And it's Molly Shannon. Oh, that's good. Molly Shannon, I don't know. I just, I'm
1: like, yeah, that's Betty Rubble right there. (laughs) (laughs) But the thing is, she hadn't been cast, like, she was on Saturday Night Live in 1995. Uh Oh, so no one would have known her obviously and there's no way she would have ever gotten cast in this movie right but based on the timing of it but yeah i could totally see her in that role and if they ever make another flintstones movie they should cast her (laughs) because i think she would be amazing Mm -hmm. so i don't know that she would have been a viable choice for that time period circa 1994. Um, But the other person I thought would have, I don't know, I think she would have done a good job, for sure, because she's excellent at at comedy. And I think she could have captured the Betty Rubble spirit
0: is Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Oh, I almost picked her. (laughs) I could totally see her as Betty Rubble as well. Mm -hmm. I think she,
1: like, would be able to, to pull it off, for sure. Yeah.
0: She could. I mean, she is to me one of the greatest comedic actresses ever. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah. I mean, I think that, and
1: they both just have like, like that's the thing about Betty. Like Betty is, she's just super likable. Like everybody mm-hmm. likes Betty Rubble. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, like, she's just got, she's like that fun, like, super likable neighbor. She's very amenable. So, I don't know, I could have seen both those actresses playing
0: that. Yeah, that, that's good. I think Molly, knowing Molly Shannon now, yeah, she would have been amazing. I love Molly Shannon. Me she's one too. of my favorites. Yeah, I really love her. Okay, well, can I ask you then what it was about Rosie O'Donnell that you thought why she wasn't right for the part?
1: well for starters i don't think rosie o'donnell can act
0: (laughs) okay that's a good reason (laughs) if you really want to know that's what i honestly think rosie (laughs) o'donnell
1: i don't think she can act okay i think the fact that she gets any acting jobs or that she has gotten any acting jobs is a big joke okay (laughs) because yeah like i just Talented. Mm-hmm. She's one of these people who, I mean, she's made it in Hollywood, but it baffles me as to how she's made it, because there's nothing appealing about her, I think, whatsoever. So, yeah, that's my answer. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it requires any more explanation. And No? So, yeah, like, she was completely miscast in that role. Like, there's she's not Betty Rubble at all. I don't care if her voice sounds a certain... if she could do a laugh, big
0: deal. And, like, that pairing of her and Rick Moranis, that was all wrong, too. (laughs) I mean, realistically, it is a pretty thin premise to cast someone based on their laugh. Of course. Yeah. Like, that, and I will give you this, like, I agree that she's not a strong actor. (laughs) Not at all. Well, the thing is, half the time—I'm sorry—we've been doing this long enough
1: now that, like, half the time, you read these stories about how certain people get cast,
0: mm-hmm. and. It's a joke, a lot of the time. <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. It's it's on a whim. It's like, oh, this pro-
1: this producer likes this person, or this director likes this person for whatever reason, or they have the same agent, or <laughs> uh, you know, it's always it's often like some arbitrary reason, and the person's not even well suited for the role, but it's strictly all connections. Yeah. a lot of the times, and I'm. You know, like, the, I think that that's the case with this whole Rosie O'Donnell thing. Mm-hmm. She, I don't know, like, it just seems a pretty flimsy reason to, to
0: cast her. It's like, it just sounds like no thought was put into it. <sighs> I know. It does. Like, for real, when you read the story of how she got chosen, it's it is kind of weird. Yeah, absolutely. But anyway. All right. Well, I think any of the four people that we've chose would be better. okay so in terms of like you know trivia and whatnot oh actually i did want to mention so yeah i read some reviews that were like mostly almost all of them really trashing the movie but it was funny one thing that i saw that kept turning up in like at least three different reviews was they were complaining about the puns like oh there's all these rock puns and this and that and it's like So you've never seen the show because the cartoon was all rock puns. That's what they do. So I'm not like against puns. I'm not for puns, but I'm totally fine with them in this movie that is based on a property that is riddled with puns. Right. I just found it funny that that kept coming up in negative reviews. Yeah. I think it was just, you know, I mean, like I only watched half an hour of it because I
1: thought it was that bad. So Like, I don't know how anyone could sit through this movie. I really don't. It's awful. It's really awful. I don't know in terms of the script. Like, from what I saw of it, it was pretty lame, the script.
0: I don't know. Maybe it's even a nostalgia thing for me, too, because I was totally fine with it. Not totally fine. I had problems with it, but I was fine with it overall.
1: But you often like movies (laughs) that are... You know, like you have an affinity for some of these movies that
0: other people don't like, but you like. Agree? <laughs> um, sure. <laughs> I don't know. That's what I've noticed. Like, you often will like stuff that no one else really. really yeah, like Xanadu, for instance. <laughs> okay, that's a good example. <laughs> I guess so. You watch a lot of bad movies. I do. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe I watch too many bad movies and my tastes have gone all wonky now. (laughs) I don't know. So maybe to you, this is a great movie. I don't know. But compared to all the bad movies that you watch, maybe this is exemplary filmmaking. I have no idea. This is not exemplary filmmaking. I think what happens to me too is um, it's very much about managing expectations so I know how bad the ratings are I know how much it was disliked so going into it maybe like I'm coming in expecting rock bottom so it just has to be not utter shit for me to be like oh okay it's not that bad (laughs) yeah see I had but I didn't have good expectations for this
1: either sitting down like I was completely expecting it to be a shit show and it was, and I was like, I can't watch this. This is awful. So, like I said, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and go on and on and on about how much I hated it, because I already have done that, and I only watched half an hour, so (laughs) like, I agree with every bad review
0: that I read. I was like, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, as usual, we don't agree on the movie. (laughs) Well, yeah. It's not. I wouldn't say it's
1: as usual because there are often. There are lots of movies that we agree on.
0: Yeah, there have been some. I mean, in terms of movies that we have recast, obviously, right. like, we're recasting them for a reason, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think it matters whether we agree on this or not. <laughs> not at all. No, no, it's totally fine. I saw some alternate Fred's and Wilma's that I wanted to mention because I thought they were interesting. The alternate people who they were considering for Fred Flintstone at various points, because this is a movie that spent quite a few years in the making. So there was Jim Belushi, Dan Aykroyd, Bill Murray and Chevy Chase. (laughs) Apparently, this is what I read on IMDb. I don't know where it came from. So take it with a grain of salt. These people were all deemed too skinny to play Fred Flintstone and that it would be tacky to put them in a fat suit. So that's why ultimately none of them were cast. But then I also read that, uh, which one was it? Maybe Spielberg he produced, right? That at some point he was working with John Goodman and he said to him like, oh, you're going to be Fred Flintstone. So then that also makes it sound like there was no one else considered. So I I don't really know what to believe. Yeah, I read that as well about uh,
1: Steven Spielberg wanted him all along for the role.
0: Yeah, He
1: wasn't a bad Fred Flintstone. I think he was a good choice.
0: Mm -hmm. And quite frankly, like in most of the negative reviews, his performance was still often praised, at least somewhat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Yeah. he was one of the the better points of the movie. Yeah. Now, some alternate Wilmas I saw were Gina Davis, Catherine O'Hara, and Faith Ford. And when I saw that, because I thought Elizabeth Perkins was fine, but a little bit dull, to be honest. And I would have loved to have seen Catherine O'Hara as Wilma Flintstone. I'm not sure. I think she was on um, Murphy Brown. Oh, okay. Yeah, I yeah, believe I that's who right? it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, Elizabeth Perkins, I don't know. She was all right. Yeah, she didn't, like, rub me the wrong way, but I I think there could have been somebody better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now it's time for the ratings. Oh, sorry, Janet, you mentioned that you did have some trivia, so let's do that first. Oh, it was just it. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That year. So Rosie O'Donnell won for
1: Worst Supporting Actress. Uh, It also won for Worst Screenplay, Worst Remake or Sequel. And then Elizabeth Taylor was also um,
0: nominated and won for Worst Supporting Actress. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) I was like, that's hilarious. Yeah. And it was. Those awards. Yeah, it was her last role, so that's kind of sad. (laughs) Oh, poor Elizabeth Taylor. Yeah. She was also (laughs) horribly cast.
1: You know what's sad, though? Like, Elizabeth Taylor, like, what an actress she was. And, like, this is her last movie.
0: Yeah. It is sad. Imagine, like,
1: that's the last movie you're in. This is a
0: piece of shit. That's awful i don't know why they put her in that role too like it seems like they were so obsessed with everybody looking exactly like their characters but i remember what wilma's mother looks like and elizabeth taylor is not it so i don't know why they picked her to begin with well
1: i'll be honest i don't even remember wilma having a mother on the cartoon
0: oh really did she live with them or something no she'd be on like here and there she'd visit sometimes i don't don't remember that i haven't seen Cartoon in years, so I wouldn't know, but I was like, why did they need to put Wilma's mom <laughs> into this movie? I don't know. Yeah, okay. I was reading one thing where the person was complaining about the movie and saying that it's supposed to be for kids, but they tackle things like problematic relationships between a man and his mother in law, or you know, the sexual. Practically like sexual harassment at work and embezzling money. And so you've got all these things happening throughout that it's like, is this a kid's movie?
1: Well, it's not a kid's movie. Like, that's the thing. You can't make it a kid's movie and then have all these adult storylines. Yeah. It doesn't even make sense. It's completely incongruous, right?
0: It's- yeah. All right. I feel like the more we talk, the more you're convincing me. And I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> Don't say that. You have I know. To be firm in your convictions. <laughs> I should be able to convince you that easily. Well, but like I think a big part of it is the nostalgia factor for me. And that's fine. I will still like it, but it is it's not that I watch it thinking this is an example of good filmmaking. I just watch it and think, Ooh, the Flintstones, yay. <laughs> yeah, so then just watch the cartoon. Well, yeah. Like,
1: who cares about this movie? I'm sure anyone who really has an affinity and a love for the cartoon, like, just go watch it. <laughs> I'm sure you can find it anywhere. Everything's on YouTube, no <laughs> or whatever. I don't know, but I'm sure you can find episodes on there. Like, but I mean, it's you know, like they always do this with, with you know, how many times has Hollywood done this,
0: right? Oh yeah. They have
1: movies about stuff that that we loved as kids and I mean it it did make a lot of money so
0: yeah what what I find funny is they do it again and again they'll take an old tv show and turn it into a movie and it's very rare that it works or that it I mean I'm not going to say works in terms of making money because clearly this did so you can call it a success in that way but it's very rare that it works critically or that it's like a movie that is fondly remembered So, like you said, just watch the TV show. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All righty. Well, let's go into the ratings. So, yep, Janet, you're right. They're abysmal. On IMDb, it has a 38%, and that is from 15 critics. And on Rotten Tomatoes, it has a 22% from 45 reviewers. So, yeah, it's pretty bad. Is it Rotten Tomatoes? Is that film critics, or is that just regular people? Well, it's both. But their reviewers are film critics and people who, I don't know how they get the accreditation. <laughs> okay. And then they have a separate score for just like users of the site for audience. Okay. You know, I don't
1: usually pay much attention to those ratings, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But I, I think it's interesting that the ratings were so low. Yeah. was such a commercial success because I find sometimes with movies that are have been really successful and made a lot of money that the Rotten Tomatoes especially will be the rating will be
0: higher sometimes yeah you know what's funny too is often you'll see because Rotten Tomatoes has those two scores one from their reviewers and one from audience a lot of times you'll see like a really low score from the reviewers and then a decent score from audience But this one, even the, I I didn't write it down, but it was around like 37% or something. Like even the audience score was super low.
1: Yeah. So I don't know who went, well, I mean, who went to see this movie?
0: I don't know. I did not.
1: That's wild. Yeah, I I never (laughs) went to see this. Definitely. I, like, I remember even back then thinking that it didn't look like something that I would enjoy.
0: (laughs) And you were right. (laughs) Okay, so let's take our last break before moving on to our final segment. This episode is brought to you by Park Power, a provider of electricity and natural gas in Alberta that offers low rates, awesome service, and profit sharing with local charities. In Alberta, you get to choose who you buy your energy from. If you choose Park Power, your money stays here. Plus, Park Power shares its profits with local not-for-profit groups that are working to make a difference for their communities. Shopping local is very important to Park Power's owner, Chris Kazowski. And we love local here at the Alberta Podcast Network, so it's a great fit. Learn more at parkpower.ca. And now, back to the show. And we're back, and it is time for our last segment. Hold
1: me close, young Tony
0: Danza. It is time for Hold Me Close, Young Tony Danza, the segment where we cast Tony Danza into one of the roles in this movie. So, Janet, did you uh, have any trouble with this one this time around? No, I'm always, it's always easy to find (laughs) a spot
1: for Tony. So I gave him the lead role and I cast him as Fred.
0: Oh, interesting. Yeah, because it's the lead. (laughs) (laughs) Is that the reason? (laughs) He deserves it because he's Tony Danza.
1: He should have, like, he should be the star. And also, like, I'd like to see him playing like that loud, you know, bossing everyone around, being really loud and obnoxious sometimes. I think it would be fun to see Tony
0: do that. I think that would be funny, but I bet people would have revolted if he had been cast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I gave him the villain role of Cliff Vandercave, played by oh, Kyle you. McLaughlin. You wanted to? Yeah, I wanted him to have, like, the sexier role of, like, oh. being the bad guy.
1: <laughs> well, I don't know. Some people might think Fred's pretty
0: sexy. Oh, that's fair. <laughs> Just because he's the lead. Yeah? That's a good enough reason, for sure. <laughs> um, I almost cast him as Barney, but then I was like, no, I don't want him to be Barney. I do no. to be Fred. Yeah, he's not a Barney rebel. We should probably bring it up because we're talking about Tony Danza, but there is big news in the Tony Danza world. Yes. So for anybody who doesn't know, it was recently announced that Tony Danza and Alyssa Milano are going to be doing a Who's the Boss reboot, not reboot, uh, what would you call it? Sequel? Continuation? (laughs) I think it's a reboot. Is it? Okay. Yeah, that's that's what I saw. They called it a reboot, yeah. Okay. But yeah, so it's going to be their two characters this many years later. Um, and now Samantha is a parent. And we don't know yet if Angela will be in the picture or not. I'm actually really excited that they're finally doing this. Me too. I feel like this is a long time coming. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, like I'm assuming that it was probably a matter of,
1: you know, People couldn't coordinate their schedules and that's why they never did it because we've seen so many reboots of older shows yeah. over the last you know, few years, right? But this one, it just makes sense that they would reboot this.
0: For sure. And my big hope for this is that, so the season one of Who's the Boss came out on DVD, pff, I don't know, 20 years ago now probably. And I bought it right away. And I was so excited because I was like, I'm sure season two is coming soon. And then season three and never any others were released. Really? Yes. I don't know if it didn't sell well or why, or somebody else on the rights. I really have no idea why I've tried to find and I couldn't. So I'm hoping that this will make them available somehow. Like you can watch them now on the CTV app if you have it. Yeah. But I really want to have it for myself. So I'm hoping that they'll now get all released so that you can watch the whole series and then start watching the reboot. Oh, God. Yeah. How many seasons were there? Eight. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. It is. Um, I feel
1: like, I don't know. I feel like we willed this into the
0: universe. I love it. <laughs>
1: like it was all this positive energy that we've been generating for 20 years.
0: Yeah. I, want to, I feel like we're responsible for <laughs> I'm going to take the credit. I don't know about you, but I think we should. Go for it. Because what we actually literally said that we were going to try to will into the universe was getting him on our podcast. But if you have a new show, you need to do the rounds to promote it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And I'm sure that his first stop on his press tour is, yes. I <laughs> our, our podcast our humble podcast. that would be amazing. that would be a dream. but yeah, it was funny because when I when I heard about it because you had messaged me and I hadn't heard about it yet oh. and then I was reading about it the following day, I think or two days later or whatever and I was like, wow, I think Lucy and I did this. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the secret yeah so yeah I yeah. Had, like that, it was that book secret. If you believe it can, it will happen. Like if you will it, it will happen. And this is it. We did it. We got Tony Danza a job.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm very willing to take credit. (laughs) So I am really excited. And I'm looking forward to when it's finally ready. And it's it's out I think it'll be fun to watch yeah see what they're they're gonna do with it but Alyssa Milano had COVID did you hear about that no I didn't oh she was really sick oh no
1: yeah it's awful she was she wrote about it and she was uh she wrote about her experience and it really sounded horrifying just awful
0: well I'm glad she's okay now Um, I really, really hope that they can manage to get Judith Light and Danny Pintaro, at least for some episodes of this new thing. Yeah, Judith Light especially. I mean, it was
1: funny because I was reading a few things online. They were saying, oh, it's not Who's the Boss without
0: Jonathan and Mona. And it's like, who wrote this? (laughs) The woman passed away, for starters. Well, yeah, you can't have her on. Unless they're going to use a
1: hologram. Like, why would anybody even
0: say that? Mm -hmm.
1: But Jonathan, yeah, like, I'm sure they'll have him for for some episodes. And Judith Light, for sure. I can't see her not participating.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, her and Tony got back together at the very end on the last episode. So I deeply hope that they don't have to write in this, like, I don't know, divorce story or something like that. That would bum me out. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah. No, so it'll be interesting to see what they do with it for mm-hmm.
0: sure. Yep. And we will be talking about it. <laughs> yes. Who knows?
1: Maybe it'll spawn a
0: new podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Who's who's the re-boss? Who's the rep pod Never mind. <laughs> we should definitely do a Who's the Boss show, though. That'd be so fun. <laughs> Um, okay, so I think that does it for the Flintstones and for Tony Danza this week, or this month. And if you have any suggestions for movies that we should recast, you can send those to repodcasting at gmail.com. You can find us on all the social media platforms at repodcasting. And for next month, we have so next month is October 1st, when the episode drops. And we typically do like, well, we typically do a soap bad it's scary movie, but this is one we've been talking about and trying to fit in for a little while. And it's not so bad it's scary, but it is kind of a scary movie, I guess. Kinda of Halloweenish. We're gonna be recasting The Craft, starring Nev Campbell, Rachel True, Robin Tunney, and Faroza Balk. It is a nineties delight. So it is a cult classic mm-hmm. is what it is. And I'm very much looking forward to watching it again. It is available on, I think it was on Tubi or CTV. Yeah, look for it online platforms and you'll find it. So that's it for this month. Thanks for joining me as always, Janet. Thanks, Lucia. Bye. Bye.